This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, the last um, Thursday in March. Yes, it is. That's good news for New Yorkers because we are very ready for spring. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. Spring, it can be a great time for people or it can be a tough time. Moving into April, uh, people feel like uh, it's spring, a time for renewal, and sometimes after a loss, we don't feel like we want to get into that. Well, and there's also the fact that, you know, Scott died in the spring. And so you, some of us have anniversary dates, and the spring can be a lot harder. And like you said, sometimes we feel like we've gotten through the winter, so the spring should be easier, and it's not. We're all on our own journey. So for some of you out there, spring is, is tough. Yeah, Scott died on April 2nd, so we've got that anniversary and thinking about that coming up. And uh, and I didn't even uh, think about it, to tell you the honest truth, until you said it. So it's interesting how we kind of block things out here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we've got a guest on today. He's really interesting. Oh, but before I mention him, we should probably say one last thing about the Association of Death Educator program that we're going to be speaking at, right? Absolutely. We will be in Atlanta from March 28th, which is now, to the 31st. And we are at the Association for Death Educators and Counselors. It's people that work in the grief and loss fields. We're doing two workshops. One is on finding hope after loss. And I'm doing a workshop with Howard Winokur, Dr. Howard Winokur, who used to be the president of ADAC, the association, and we're doing it on how to help the caregiver, how to prevent burnout for those of you out there that are working in the field of grief and loss. We'll give you some tips and tools. So if you're around, please drop in and say hello. We're also going to have an Open to Hope uh, table there, so come and find us and say hello. Well, Heidi, we have got a guest today that we met uh, at a marketing program that we've been involved with called Quantum Leap, right? Absolutely. We were involved in this wonderful marketing and PR program, and Dean Smith was there, and he has an unbelievable story. You know, it's, it's incredible and moving, and we were talking before we called him because he's got an incredible trailer on his site. Uh, that everybody here should go see. It's only three minutes long, and it, it will really move you. So Dean is the founder and director of Live to Forgive. Um, his passion is to help people break free from the burden of inability to forgive, and he is going to tell you how he was able to forgive. He has inspiring messages about forgiveness and love, which are based on his testimony of personal breakthrough after forgiving and loving the man that murdered his mother. Welcome to the show, Dean. Hey, I want to thank both of you for having me on, on Open to Hope today. Thank you so much. Oh, it's great to have you on. And, and you know, you, you hit our sweet spot when we heard your story because Heidi and I are so about forgiving and moving on after loss. Uh, tell people about your story and about what happened in your life. Yeah, well, my story started back when I was in the sixth grade. I, um, I got called out of the class one day and um, thought it was just another day of getting in trouble going to the principal's office. Uh, when I got there, though, there was um, the pastor of the local church was waiting in the principal's office for me, and I wasn't um, I wasn't a Christian, and I had only gone to church a few times, so I wondered why is this guy here, you know? And and this pastor, this this guy with a serious look on his face, comes up to me and he puts his hands on my shoulder, and he says, "Dean, I need you to go with me. We need to go to the hospital." And I said, "Oh, did something happen to my stepdad, Bob?" 
who had been my stepdad for just a couple years, or maybe one of my sisters. And in that moment, he said something that that even when I am about to say it, I can I can feel um, I can still feel it. And he looked at me and he said, "No, Dean, it's your mom." Now, the reason that that holds so much significance for me is um, before the age of 12, I had moved over 20 times. My mom had, um, Bob was the fourth different stepdad, and there was a whole bunch of boyfriends in between. So for me in my life, we were always moving, always getting used to new schools, new father figures, new houses, new friends, new enemies. But the one thing that I put all my faith in and all my trust in was my mom. My mom was my everything. So we, um, we drove to the hospital, and when we got there, I, I, I walk into the room, and my mom is connected to all the machines that you could picture someone being connected to, the tubes in her mouth and in her nose. And, and uh, even though I wasn't a Christian, I knew that in this moment, you cry out to God and you beg. And I, I cried out that day, and I said, Lord, please, please don't let my mom die on this day. Please don't let her. And I just cried out, and, um, and that prayer wasn't answered. What, what had happened earlier that day was that uh, my stepdad, Bob, and my mom got into a horrible argument. And in a fit of rage, Bob walks down the hallway. He goes into my room. I was at school at the time. He opens my closet, and he grabs a baseball bat that I'd just gotten for Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Walks back down the hall, and um, he says to my mom, can't you just shut up? And he proceeds to beat her um, repeatedly. Mm. Wow. It was probably um, only about 30 minutes after my mom was pronounced dead that I'm down in the, the cafeteria of the hospital. It's this crystallizing moment of my childhood where I'm eating an egg salad sandwich and there's tears running down my cheeks and, I, and I'm, I'm basically deciding what my life is going to be and I'm making a vow to myself that I told myself I would never forget. In this moment of rage, I wasn't even allowing myself to feel grief because I was so angry that Bob, this man, had taken my everything. Right. So I vowed and I vowed and I said, I know he'll go to prison and I know he'll get out someday and I'm going to grow up big and I'm going to grow up strong and when he gets out, I'm either going to kill him or beat him within an inch of his life. And this became, this became my, just my inner secret vow. Now, I'll tell you that was good news is that I ended up getting, so I didn't have a mom or dad at that time, obviously, and I ended up getting... Um, adopted by the man that came and picked me up that day. Oh, my goodness. A, yeah, I became a pastor's kid. So I went <laughs> from having this wild and crazy wild and crazy kid to being a, <laughs> a wild and crazy pastor's kid, just like that. <laughs> it, was, it was just awesome. And so, so my so life... A pastor, a pastor came and got you that was part of... He was a pastor you had known when your mom was alive? Barely. I, I mean, we'd only wow. been to his church like three times. And right. I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you his name. Before that mm-hmm. day, he picked me up. Wow! So now, what so, happened? What happened to your siblings? So I had one. I had a. I had a real sister. Bob had a daughter, and she went and moved with her real mom after my mom was that. Um, after my mom was killed, so mm-hmm. my sister moved in with the pastor as well. But yeah. she rebelled after just a couple months. She was sixteen. I was twelve at the time, but she was sixteen and didn't like the idea of discipline or anyone telling her what to do. So she ended up moving with her best friend and. And then, um, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Live to Forgive the movie later, but that story unfolds, and it's, it's pretty cool that her life took a different path, but it led back to, back we 
came back together later. But Okay, now, I, we have not got a huge amount of time on the show, and I want to tell people there is a movie about this called Live to Forgive, and you're going to be able to hear all of his story. But I want to fast forward to your life. You got involved in drugs and alcohol, right? I did, yeah. Um, in junior high and high school, everything was great. You know, I was I was in the pastor's house, and I was a Christian, and everything was great, but I had this deep seed of bitterness that was eating me on the inside. And and in junior high and high school, I was able to just suppress it and repress it and not think about it, but I needed something more in college, and I became a statistic. I got in, I got really addicted to marijuana and alcohol, and, you know, I got married at the age of 20, and I got divorced at the age of 22, and I can honestly say it was because I was a total jerk. And I don't know how, looking back, you know, after some time, how was I expecting myself to be able to carry on this loving relationship with a woman when I had so much hate on the inside? Okay, now Bob's in jail, right? Bob's in jail. Okay, and, and he's been serving, what now? When you're, when you're into the drugs and alcohol, you're divorced, you're 21. So he's been in jail for, uh, what, 12 years? Something like that. And you've been hating him ever since? Been hating him ever since, wanting to kill him still, but not talking about it. It wasn't something that um, I talked about, but whenever I would picture the blood on the walls where my mom was murdered, I would just, I would just get enraged. I would just absolutely get enraged, and it was just this little private thing that I went through. So Bob got out of prison in 1997 or 98. And you're how old then? So I'm just graduating from, high, or graduating from college, so I'm like 24 or so. What's your major? My major was business. Okay. Yeah. And so... I had basically become a total loser in my own eyes after 13 years of just getting farther and farther away from what I knew my life was supposed to be because I was running from this 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 tension on the inside that was so clearly the root of bitterness. And nobody knew. Oh, no one knew. I no, you don't talk about this because I had it all together. I was fun loving. I would, you know, you would think I was funny and a nice guy, but I was just hiding it. And I, I believe there's a lot of people, probably some of your listeners right now who are listening to this and thinking that there's people in their lives who think they're normal, but they're battling with something in the same way. Right. Uh, and I, so and so, were you self-medicating by do the drugs and alcohol? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's funny oh. to hear it, self-medicating. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was, trying to get, I was trying to get wasted to, to lose that feeling, you know. Okay. You know, yeah. So, unfortunately, it's... So what happened was, after 13 years, so I guess I'm in my mid-20s at this point, I finally just realized that either I'm my life is about to get worse, which I, don't, I, I believed it would lead to death, because I was getting so low. And standing in my living room in Spokane, Washington, I just I threw my hands up and said, Lord, I need your help, and I need a miracle, because right now I want to kill somebody. I want to kill them, and I am mad, and I know this is not the life that you had for me, and I understand that this unforgiveness, I knew, I knew that the unforgiveness was at the root of all of this, and it took me a long time to get there. But that was the day that I started the process of forgiveness, and I'd like to say that when I prayed that day, there was a a magical shift, and all of a sudden I was skipping down the street, but I I didn't. It was a a definite day-by-day process of surrendering to God and saying, Lord, please help me. I need your help, and do you, no, do you feel a, like your mother had a hand in this? You know, I guess I, I guess I don't think I guess I don't think about that. I don't I don't think. Yeah, like that. I'm wondering what's the shift? Why did you have that shift? Why was there that moment? Why did you put your hands up? And I think there was just 
during the years where I was at home and my new family, you know, they gave me so much love and they planted so much hope in me. And I think it was just enough, you know, and it was based on the word of God. There was just enough in there after all these party years for me to realize this is not the way it has to be. You don't have to feel like a loser every day. You don't have to be a conflict with yourself. You don't have to be angry all the time, which is taking you away from your dreams. There was just that little voice in there that, that I could still hear. And I'm so glad that I responded. And, I, you know, I believe that really that it was is God's hand over my life that was trying to, like, say, hey, buddy, you know. And so I, I could tell you honestly that after... Um, after a while, not right away, but after a while, the, the pain began to relieve and relieve. And after a certain amount of time, I just realized I wasn't angry anymore. And I mm -hmm. thought my forgiveness journey was over, but it was interesting that when there was no more anger, I just felt led to begin to pray for Bob. And I started to do that. Wow. And then I, yeah, and, and at first my prayers were very insincere. <laughs> Lord, please be with Bob. <laughs> but after, after, but I, but I stayed in the process. I stayed in the process, right. and it was interesting how I just felt like my mind was being transformed, and I was able to start seeing Bob with more compassion, which is even weird for me to say as I'm saying it. Is, and then I felt led to contact Bob, and so, so and, Dean, was it just because you set up the intention to get rid of the anger and rage you had, and you just started with baby steps towards that goal? And Are you saying, is that how I got there? Is, yeah, is that how it started? It sounds like that's how it started. You yeah, got it sick started. And tired of feeling, you got sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, and you were you hit yeah. the wall, you hit an all-time wall and said, wait a minute, this is no yeah. way to live my life. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's interesting, because I always thought that before I got to that place, I would have to get myself cleaned up and get my ducks in a row, but I, I came, to, that day that I prayed, I came very dirty and very angry and very wrong in so many ways, but I, I just think that, that that God allows us to come like that, and he'll take us where we are. He'll accept us how we are and begin to Did help you, us. Were you involved with AA at all? No, I wasn't. And so you didn't have any groups or anything. You, you did it with a loving family, and you just set this intention on your own. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing. You know what I like that you're talking about, Dean, and I want our whole audience out there. People are like, in fact, um, this Sunday I was actually with a group w where people were talking about forgiveness. And, and I said, and I, I want you to tell me if I'm on the mark for this. Um, the thing is, you cannot forgive the act, but you can still forgive the person. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you. Yeah. I'd yeah. Absolutely. And <clears throat> if I could give one more bit of the story and then I'm gonna, I want to address that specifically. Mm -hmm. so, so what happened was I, I, I was wondering why, why I was being compelled to contact Bob and I was, I was praying about it and like why would I contact him? Haven't I proven I've forgiven him? I'm not angry anymore. I pray for him. And what I realized is that this was more about what I could, it, because my mind had been transformed by God, I was able to reach out to Bob to help him. And so when I contacted him in 2007, um, I gave him, a, I found his number. He lived in Tennessee. I called him and he answered the phone. So he's said, home. He served his time and you knew he was out. Yeah. And he's been out for, at this point, like a dozen years or 10 years or 11 years at this point. Okay. And so he answers the phone and I say, Hey Bob, it's me, Dean. And after a long pause, he said, I knew this day would come. Hmm. He, he later told me he thought I was calling him to tell him I'm going to come kill him, but I said, 
I said, Bob, I, um, I'm calling you because I want you to know I've forgiven you. But I also want you to know that Jesus Christ has set me free. And, I, and, I, and I, if you'll let me, I want, I want him to be able to set you free. And I'd like to help you get to know him if you'd let me. Wow. And, and, and on that day, we became friends. And mm-hmm. I started calling him about once a month. And we were, everything was great, and I became like a pastor figure. I, I was a minister already at this point, so I was, I was ministering to him. And after about a year, he stopped contacting me. And I was very sad, and after a while, I got a call from a Tennessee number, and it was his girlfriend who didn't know me. And she said, Dean, I know you're a man of God, and I just want you to pray for Bob because he just attempted suicide. Wow. I remember that my heart broke in that moment because I thought we had come so far and I prayed about it and I just knew that this was my time to really help him and so I flew across the country from Seattle to Tennessee and um, we knew that this was this could be used somehow as a ministerial tool Bob and I had always talked about that over the year we were talking like how cool is this that we're able to like each other we knew this was not because we were strong we knew this was something supernatural we gave God all the credit and all the glory for it so when I went to Tennessee, we brought a camera crew, and we never imagined we'd get the footage that we did, and, and that ended up being the result of the movie Live to Forgive, um, which is available right now. But I want to go back to your question. I so, thought, um, so, so, Dean, just to interrupt you for a minute, it sounds like not only did you have to forgive Bob, but Bob had to forgive himself. Yes. Well, th- that's what me being free in forgiveness allowed me to help him to do. It's, is that my mind was transformed, and I wanted to see him experience the same freedom that I was able to live in. And so, you know, and and so for him in that process, I mean, he murdered my mom. He was right. dealing with some pretty heavy guilt and condemnation, and now we're 20-something years later, and he's still pretty down. You know, obviously, he attempted suicide. Now, he had some other things that happened in his life, too, that were on his mind. So I want you to know that there was a... There's a that at one point I'm sitting across from Bob in a hotel room, and this is caught on film, and he's telling me every detail, looking me directly in the eye, sitting three feet away from me, telling me the details of the day that he murdered my mom. Mm. And I'm looking at him, and I'm, I'm praying in my head and wondering, what does a person think in this moment? And although I was extremely, extremely sad by the details of how he did it, I can honestly tell you that I was able to experience a sense of peace and love even towards Bob because of the freedom that, that God had given me in the forgiveness process. Mm-hmm. And and that set you free. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know in the film you show that uh, not forgiving is like being strangled from behind or whatever. Yeah, uh, like carrying. Yeah, and in the, in the video on your site, the YouTube on your site. Well, um, can you just address that uh, about forgiving, uh, how, you know, forgiving the person yes, uh, yes. and not the act? Yeah, so it's, so when I would think, back to the picture in the blood on the walls, whenever I would think of that image, I would get so enraged and I would, I would want to kill Bob, and I just felt like after surrendering and surrendering, I never forgot about the blood on the walls, even as I speak about it now. But the way that I thought about it was different, and I was able, like I said, to to realize that to see Bob with compassion and with um, not ever liking what he did, because what he did was so wrong. There's no way that, that forgiveness should mean that what he did was right, and I know that that's not what forgiveness is, but... Um, but I was able to forgive him, 
and I was able to see that that I've been forgiven for so much, you know, and, and, and as Christians, that's one of the things that we hold dear is that, you know, that we've been forgiven by God. And, and now we have that ability to forgive others. And so, um, well, and, yeah. You know, Dean, we, we had Craig Scott from Rachel's Challenge on the show, and I know you, you know you're affiliated with them, but uh, for those of you that don't know, Craig watched 12 of his classmates and his sister murdered in Columbine, and he worked with the pastor and, and said, Forgiveness, forgiveness is like setting a prisoner free and finding out that prisoner is you, yeah, which is what we're kind exactly. of hearing today from, from your own story. Well, Dean, uh, I, I want to uh, have you talk about how people can get in touch with you and what your goal is uh, quickly for, for the end of the show and how they can find you because, you know, we could go on and on with this. It's, it's an amazing story, and, there, and there's so much to be gained from people hearing about how you've done this forgiveness. And I know you go around and speak, and people can line you up to speak, and you, there's just a lot going on with you. So tell people how they can get in touch with you. Oh, thank you. Well, the main way to, to reach me would be at livetoforgive.com. That's livetoforgive.com. And my passion is to speak, and I get opportunities to speak at churches and conferences and things of that nature. On our website at livetoforgive.com, there's resources. You, I absolutely have to see um, the award-winning feature-length, that's fun to say, award-winning feature-length documentary, <laughs> Live to Forgive, so blessed that um, we had we actually had um, you know Hollywood producers come alongside and and help us make our footage you know really first class and so that's how we were able to win awards and it's it's a very inspirational movie that uh, definitely will help transform lives and restore relationships and has around the world so far so and then we have other um, forgiveness um, tools that people can find at livetoforgive.com. Great. Well, Dean, thank you so much for being on the show today. And Heidi and I are really looking forward to seeing you again at the next Quantum Leap event. And I would say to you all out there, if you can possibly go on and find out when Dean's going to be presenting uh, somewhere, it would be an inspirational thing to do and take your friends to. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, I, I would agree with that, Dean. And thank you. And at the very least, Go to his website, Live to Forgive, and watch the three-minute video, which is right there, because when you see that, you will be purchasing that movie, and it's won many awards, and, and I haven't seen it yet, but I cannot wait to see it. it you are a, such an inspiration that despite great adversity, we can forgive. So thank you so much, Dean. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Heidi, what a great show with Dean today. I, I feel like we're so privileged to have met him. You know, it's funny in life. You never know when you're going to meet people going along. And, and that's certainly, forgiveness is certainly one of our, you know, firm beliefs. And, you know, we always say that the next step uh, is to move out and help other people in healing. And, wow, he's sure done it in a big way, hasn't he? Absolutely. And, you know, I don't want the show to end today. I want more of it. Which is, a, which is a good thing. I'm sure the audience out there is like, wait a minute, we want more of this, which means we just need to go out and get on his website and buy his film. But, yes, he is really giving back and showing the world that you can forgive. And I have worked with so many people, you know, that have had murder in their lives, and they say, Heidi, you don't know what it's like. It's impossible to forgive. Yeah. So when, the next time they say that to me, I'm going to direct them to Dean and his website. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to the show again, and tune in again next week. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. 
You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.